So uh, this week's podcast was a total hoot to have, but we had a bit of technical problems. So if you uh, experience a little sense of choppiness, um, you will know that it is because Skype kicked the bucket on us and we had to reboot and reconnect. Uh, I've started inserting a little transitional music to highlight when that happens just to you know, kind of help iron out some of the incongruities that might be uh, in the flow of the conversation. installation in this podcast, we're going to explore the world of spirituality, what it means to be alive, and how is it that we can bring our spiritual selves, tarot, meditation, religious or spiritual practices into our daily lives. Please check out all of our episodes at thehermitslamp.com slash podcasts, or you can search The Hermit's Lamp in podcasts on iTunes, and download them all directly that way. So and just before the podcast starts, I want to mention that if you are looking to uh, deepen uh, your practice around reading the cards, uh, there is a growing uh, series of uh, recorded classes, uh, streaming videos, uh, take them on your own time uh, kind of courses uh, on the Tarot de Marseille, on the Toth deck, and a foundations class for people who are just looking to round out their practice. All of these classes include uh, some of the most amazing teachers uh, from all around the world, uh, and of course myself as well. Um, so if you're interested in taking some courses, uh, especially as the summer is rolling around, maybe you're going to find some time on your hands and want to play with the cards more, please uh, go to thehermitslamp.com and just click on the Learning tab to uh, check out all the courses as well as any live upcoming events that are on their way to you. So welcome to the next episode of the Hermit's Lamp podcast. I'm here with Mary Beth Bonfiglio. And, uh, you know, I'm, I connected with Mary Beth because I was exploring and looking for people in the tarot reading community who were doing work with magic. And uh, Mary Beth's uh, work with plants and nature and, uh, you know, these kinds of things, as well as uh, some conversations we had around um, helping people conduct ceremonies in their life really fascinated me. Um, so, you know, if, in case people don't know who you are, Mary Beth, why don't you give us a, a quick introduction? Okay. Hi. Thanks for having me. It's an honor to be here. Um, so I am, it's funny when you just said the connection between somebody who's working with tarot and magic, and I just, not, I don't even like disassociate those two things, which is interesting that there might be like a disassociation between the two. Um, so I've been, I feel like I've been kind of working in the magical realm since I was a little girl, kind of my upbringing was of some really old school Sicilian um, elders and um, disguised as Catholicism. They were really doing a lot of like magic and folk remedies and anytime anybody was sick, it was oils and plants and food and chanting or prayers or, you know, so I feel like I've kind of always been involved in it. 
And um, I was passed on tarot reading from family members and one person specifically being my sister who was taught by an elder in our family. And so we were reading cards with playing cards as kids in our house. Um, so that's always just been fun. And I, um, I'm a writer. So what happened was professional professionally. So I would do copywriting or like mentoring and coaching writing clients. And I brought the car, I started bringing the cards in, um, as guidance around that. And then I started doing more readings for people. And then it's kind of ended up being, I was starting to teach classes around the cards and, um, and, you know, I'm speaking about the cards for the first time at an event in Salt Lake City at the end of the month. So it's kind of like this natural evolution that happened. And my connection with, with nature and plant medicine, again, like I said, from being a kid, it was always around. And I also really always remember just kind of like, and maybe all kids do this, you know, and I just kind of kept it with me, but just like lying outside and just like hearing things that were going on in the plant world. And, um, so I was always really, uh, attached to that. And when I got a little bit older, I and, and moved to actually the Pacific Northwest where I live, where everything is so abundant and where you get such great weather for growing wild medicine. Um, I started just really using the plants as making medicine, um, for people, for clients, for myself, for my family, for my kids. And there is a direct tie, I believe between like all of it, you know? Mm -hmm. so. Yeah. For me too. You know, I, I don't, um, I, I don't, I don't, to me, all of it's magic, you know, yeah. <laughs> to me to, you know, like, I mean, I'm, I'm hesitant to be like, you know, I'm a magician because, you know, there's a lot of charge and there's a lot of sort of weirdness around some of that kind of stuff. And I, and I've never really like over the years, people always kind of, you know, try and give me titles or, you know, like, Oh, well, you know, like blah, 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 you're a shaman. And I'm like, I'm not a shaman. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not in a family lineage. I'm not initiated into a lineage and you know, it's not, that's not me. That's not my thing. I, I work in ways that, that are similar to that, but it's not the same thing, you know, but, uh, yeah, for me, I, I you know, I, I grew up connected to nature, you know, where I lived, um, was the, was sort of the, the edge of where town was. And there was just sort of farmlands and, and, uh, forest between where I lived and kind of the next town over. And so we spent tremendous amount of time in the forest, you know, walking the dog, catching okay. frogs, doing whatever. But I also spent a lot of time in the forest by myself, which, you know, I never, I only recently sort of realized that that's kind of an atypical experience for like, uh, you know, a six or seven year old or you know to just be like yeah which you uh, you know i just went for a walk in the forest and hung so out awesome. and, you know and and uh yeah so there, there's that real sense of connection that comes from that and yeah i think it's i think it's really profound you know it is profound and isn't that like it's crazy that that is rare that you know because i think a child gosh, they need that or something. They need to be able to be allowed to be alone in nature. Mm -hmm. And we're always too, you know, we're just as, as we've, society's kind of evolved. We're like helicopter parenting our kids. Like we would never just send our kids off into the forest alone, you know, but yeah, it's kind of a profound experience 
to be able to do that, even at a really young age, to let them wander. And I think it's important, maybe, you know, mm-hmm. maybe that's why you are doing what you're doing today. Well, I think it's true. I think that I think that that energy flows both ways, right? You know, mm-hmm. um, you know, if you, to to change Nietzsche's quote, right? If you gaze long long enough into the forest, the forest gazes back at you. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. You know, and I think that those those spirits and that energy and that connection, you know, I I often, um, uh, you know, if if it's not super busy with readings when my staff person's here, I'll go for a walk in the ravine or, you know, sometimes even like, you know, I'll just like lock the door and be like gone for a walk back in a bit. And, uh, and, and I always post, you know, like gone, gone into the woods to talk with the birds and trees and. And people are like, well, what do they have to say? And I'm like, well, <laughs> let me let me let me start lots of things. And second of all, I'm not sure that I want to post them on Facebook. But you know, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it's fascinating. And and I find, for me, the you know the wildlife, you know, really connects, and they always mean something, and there's always something significant about that, and that that in and of itself becomes super profound. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, when did you make the card f- the change from reading playing cards to reading tarot? Well, um, or was it all the same? It was kind of all. Well, it was kind of all the same, and it's like <laughs> growing up the way I grew up. There was never any sort of language around what was going on either. Like I am the crazy one in my family because I kind of brought like this a totally different language to it. Like this was. Oh, it's so, it's such a, uh, what is the word I want to use? It's, it's like a, it's a sensitive subject because these are like Catholics, right? You know? Yeah. So <laughs> it's, a, it's like, I don't even know when there, when there was like sort of a, uh, a time that I kind of was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. The entire way I was brought up and what we're doing here, well, that's like magic. And it was like, <gasps> You know, like you didn't, that was never, you don't talk about magic. And like, yeah. you know, my, my, you know, family would put like red in front of their house to ward off spirits. And like the, they had like all these different rituals to like ward off the Malocchio and they call it like the evil eye mm-hmm. or the curse upon you. So like, even though they were practicing like protective magic, they were very much like aware that there was like this, ma- you know, this magic sort of thing. So, you know, I, I guess just knowing that there was a period of my life where I was kind of in hiding, I guess, around it, you know, mm-hmm. because it was sort of, there was like a stigma attached to it around my family. Um, as far as like, I was like developing this new understanding, this new language that this was just like, this was like working with other worlds and like, not just a straight up, you know, the way a typical Catholic person would, you know, be conducting their life but I started probably reading the cards again in college Mm -hmm. I had a friend who was a publisher for um I mean reading traditional cards in college I had a friend who was a publisher for I'm I think it was St. Martin's Press and she what um I'm blanking on their names now but they had this beautiful tarot series that was all of quilts Monty Farber and I can't remember the woman's name. It was a couple. Oh. And there was these gorgeous quilts. Amy then, Zerner, I think. Yes, Amy Zerner and Monty Farber, yes. And so she just gifted me these cards. This is the first time I have, like, a, like, and they weren't even real tarot cards, like real, quote, unquote, you know, like traditionally yeah. laid out. They were goddesses. 
But I remember being like, oh, and so I played with those for a while and I was young. You know, I was probably like 19, 18 or 19. I'm 41 now. So mm-hmm. um, and then and then just receiving, receiving random cards would come and they, you know, and and then my sister and I both kind of came above ground with it in a different kind of way. And so her and I started exploring more together and um, sharing cards and sharing readings. And yeah, so it was probably around then. But it really was like it's such a normal thing in my life to like flip over like, OK, well, should this person, you know, should blah, 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 stay with blah, blah, blah and flip and flip over a playing card. And, you know, it was like so it was so um, it was just so normal that that. that it was not either wasn't even a real I think it's just been my life, you know, mm-hmm. oracles and, and symbols and meanings and, you know, messages that come to you. It was, it was very much just a part of my whole growing up. Yeah, I think it's, you know, it's interesting how how much these kinds of practices exist in a lot of cultures. You know, I yes. remember when um, I've been doing tarot for like. I don't know, 20 years, maybe, maybe not quite that long, you know, I don't mm-hmm. know, eight, 15, 18 years mm-hmm. before I even really ever stepped out publicly, mm-hmm. you know, like, yeah. I mean, right. I read for my friends, I, I did a lot of work, I was really invested in, in following sort of ceremonial Western magic traditions and stuff. And, and then I started working at a shop where it was predominantly magically orientated, and they actually hired me because I was magically orientated and, you know, because, you know, the, and the, the Caribbean and West African and Eastern European clients expected certain kinds of approaches and they came looking for prescriptions, you know, they, they wanted to be like, you know, so my, you know, so my son is, my son is, uh, you know, going to court next week for this assault charge. Can we get him off? from going to jail or I feel like I have the evil eye on me or, you know, yeah. whatever. Right. Yeah. And, and so I worked in that environment and, you know, came out of this sort of very magical practice for myself. And then like eight years ago, maybe a little later than that, maybe, uh, maybe like seven, eight years ago, I started stepping out into the world more of tarot and looking at what was, what was going on. And I was so surprised at how, unmagical a lot of what i saw was like like not 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 in a sort of negative way towards it but the the dominance of the psychological approach and the sort of um negativeness towards predictive reading and and other kinds of things and you know it was very it was very peculiar to me to sort of be like huh this is this doesn't reflect this reflects one that stuff reflects one part of my experience but it doesn't reflect all this other stuff that right. feeds back and forth, you know? Oh, that's really interesting. That's a really, yeah, that's really interesting to think about because I think that, I don't know if it's like more feminine approach in it, but I noticed that too. It's very much, there's, everybody is stating like, I don't, I'm not predicting. I don't, you know, I even say that. I say mm-hmm. like, I don't predict the future. We just are like, we're, we're going to talk about, you know, different things, but there's something powerful in the understanding that you can actually help ignite something in somebody's future. If you, if you just say, yeah, we're going, we're actually going to talk about what's going to happen. I mean, 
I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. I think it's actually really interesting and really does involve the like, let's make magic. Let's make mm-hmm. magic. And I mean, as long as too, is it's like, I just, I've, I've had some pretty interesting readings from people before where, you know, I've been told I was going to be dead by the time I was 31. You know, I've had some right. really messed up stuff. Yeah. Like, randomly in cities being like sure read my yeah read my cards let's see let's see how you know whatever yeah and so i mean there's that fine line that you walk but when you you know you're legit and you come to every every experience and every every type of person that comes into your realm with an open heart and some sort of you know like with some consciousness and intention i think there's like a million different ways to do it one of the things that i read that you do that's fascinating to me mm-hmm. and i would love to know more about it so i'm gonna ask you is the, the ancestry work with the cards because i am like have been deep deeply called recently to work with my ancestors really specifically i'm thinking it's a grandmother line from both my maternal and my paternal side uh-huh. so um like so much that like i'm like i feel like i've got to write this book i feel like i've got to go travel to these places and i'm but i'm sitting here and i'm like you know i do my own work with them and uh but i've never ever actually used the cards in this in a connection with them so one i'm really excited about your part of this class and i would love to i'd like to learn more about it if you don't mind if you mm-hmm. feel like it's appropriate for me to ask you that question sure. on your podcast yeah no it seems to be a new trend of people asking me questions which is totally cool because <laughs> this is a conversation yeah. <laughs> and um yeah so when i'm uh, i'm gonna wait for the phone to stop ringing okay. stop ringing phone I hit the mute button, but it's not muted it for some reason. Technology. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> All right. Um, so, I mean, number one, I, I do channeling and mediumship work, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, certainly I do a lot of work with the ancestors uh, that doesn't come from that, right? Uh, that, that doesn't come from the cards. Right. And, you know, I practice, personally, I practice um, sort of uh, Alan Kardec kind of spiritism practices as part of what I do in general for myself. So, you know, I have uh, I have a, a place with glasses of water and pictures and mm-hmm. items of the people who've passed, and I pray there every day for them and stuff like that. Um but also being um, uh, being uh, a person who practices Santeria, um, you know, or, or as I prefer to call it, Lukumi, um, mm-hmm. reverence for the ancestors is is a cornerstone of of those traditions, right? And that we have our own ceremonies, and they are, you know, the lineage ancestors are included in every prayer and, and all this kind of stuff. So, I have a lot of practices sort of in those directions. Um, but when I'm reading the cards for people, I, I use the cards as, um, as like gateways to open up connections between places and things. Mm -hmm. And so, um, in that way, I will sort of re I'll place some cards out to, to talk about what an ancestor has to say. Um, and, and, 
that process is partly about reading the cards. You know, I don't I don't sort of just go wholeheartedly, intuitively, and disappear from kind of card meanings. But it's also it's also like the start of a thread that yeah. takes me to a point of connection where more conversation happens that may start to really sort of transcend what's what's in the cards just in and of themselves. Mm-hmm. And often what happens is, you know, if if you're do you familiar with Enrique Enriquez? Mm, a name sounds familiar. Yes. Yeah. And, and he does a lot of sort of very poetic interpretation. And, yeah. and there's a bunch of yeah. sort of yeah. Marseille, Tarot de Marseille people who I hang out, some of whom I've had on here and stuff like that, who... Did they so, do a documentary film about him? Was there they a documentary? did, yes. Yeah, that's, it's beautiful, yeah. yeah. No, and yeah. so so there's kind of like, when I'm reading the cards to speak with the ancestors, I'm more likely to go poetic. And mm-hmm. that poetry then starts to give permission to them to speak through me mm-hmm. in yeah. some ways. You know, it, it's it's a magical act, right? And so, so it's this intersection of there are cards on the table and they are for a reading and, but they're also, um, a doorway that, that opens up by sort of queuing up the right magical phrase, which is really like kind of the first thing that they want to say. And mm-hmm. then that turns into the conversation where mm-hmm. others, the other things start to come from there, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting because I read similarly when I'm reading for people, but I guess I am not distinguishing or identifying what's sort of coming through or where it's coming from through me. Right. So it's just kind of coming through me, but that's so fascinating. I'm going to need you to do a reading for me. Would awesome. you? Yeah, totally. Okay. okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. We'll totally find time for that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, well, and for me, it's one of the things that I've been really working on is how do we distinguish between um, where things come from? You know, right. uh, last year, I wrote a series of, of blog posts called Where Do Great Readings Come From? Mm-hmm. Um, you can find it if you go to the blog tab on, on the Hermit Snap site. And on the sidebar, it, there's a little tab for certain collections of writings that I've done. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, for me, trying to be really clear about who's speaking and how, you know, so there's there's my guide, Melinda, right, who is an ancestor. And, um, you know, she she helps me. We did a lot of writing together. We do channeled readings together and stuff. Um, and her voice is always really clear to me. You know, I really know who who she is because uh, she's particularly sharp and to the point. <laughs> and, you know, there's a way in which she speaks. It's like, okay, boom, there it is. Done. You know, I've said everything that needs to be said in two sentences. Now go do something about it. And, and then there are those people who I uh, work with in a much more magical way, ranging from uh, helping them create their own ceremonies um, to helping them work with plants and herbs and do baths and candle work and all of those kinds of things. And, you know, both of those approaches really have their own um, value. And I think that, you know, it's really important to be respectful of where the person is at. And if you work in that way, to work with them in the way that they are requesting. What brought you into Santeria or Lakuma? Is Lakumi. that how, Lakumi. What brought you into that? What, like, what, so if this isn't a lineage of yours, how did that actually 
like happen and who who are your how did you find teachers so i was um i was uh practicing ceremonial stuff mm-hmm. and um friends of mine you know we were we were just sort of doing experimental things you know mm-hmm. we're like well let's try this let's try that and we started to connect with some of the spirits from you know sort of west african traditions mm-hmm. um or you know maybe more to the point they started to connect with us a bit mm-hmm. and and i was like all right this is this is fascinating and not something i want to mess around with you know right right and um so so i started searching and then uh eventually i found a community in uh detroit and connected with my godmother and you know, it's just, yeah, it was sort That's of right. a very organic process where, you know, those, those spirits opened the road. Mm-hmm. Well, lineage is really interesting to me just because I felt like, I feel like, um, being, I'm a first generation American and, and so much of my lineage has been erased and hidden and left mm. some, left somewhere else. Yeah. And so much of the practices, like I was saying, I, I got a lot as a child with elders who were immigrants mm-hmm. and then they died. Like I was, I was a child born late in life to my parents. They'd had like seven kids and then much later had me. So I came along and like all the aunties and uncles and I didn't have, I had one grandfather. Everybody had passed. I had no grandmothers mm-hmm. and they had all passed on. And so there was so much, there was like, I was getting these little bits that were carried on, but like, I never got the whole story and I never got like, I feel like the, the true teaching that I kind of wanted. So I've always been craving like roots and culture, roots and culture. Where mm-hmm. is it? But it's mine. And I've never known what it is. I mean, I knew it wasn't Catholicism, but like I knew that Catholicism had brought me into ceremony and ritual for sure. You yeah. know, I'm all, always grateful for that, though I'm not, I don't consider myself practicing um, Catholic. Um, but always been drawn to West African, you know, um, South American, like different traditions. And I kind of always felt like they weren't mine, you mm. know, they weren't mine to practice. And, and yet at the same time, it's like, but what are mine? And I think that that's why we're bringing it back to like the nature thing. Like I always felt like, well, nature's mine. So whatever I can kind of create or make up or manifest through working with plants, like that is mine. Like I can't, Mm. nobody can say that that's not my, my lineage. And at the same time, you know, I'm still looking for like, what is my lineage? Or maybe I'm creating my own too. You know what I mean? Like there's might be some sort of mystery school that it's just for me that I'm just (laughs) that I'm just doing but I've always been fascinated and I've you know I've taken a few trips to New Orleans and have met people and I've talked to people and I've done ceremony and and always have just been like this is so this is like I I want to like just dive into this work and there's always been something there that's just like "Mm, Mm. you're you're either not ready or this is not your line and so Right. I'm looking for my lot. You know, I'm looking for that. Where are the yeses and mm. and where the teachers are? Where are my teachers in this? And yeah, I mean, I think that's tremendously important, right? You know, I mean, um, I spent a long time looking. I met a bunch of people that I was like, nope, nope, yeah. nope, yeah. nope. You know, and so you know, I think that I think that we definitely have our place. You know, yeah. and I think that. Um, 
I think that in any sort of uh, traditional practices, there are mechanisms for people to be invited in or excluded, you know? And I think that, you know, we, I really, I think it's great that you're not just grabbing stuff and being like, I'm just going to like, because right. that kind of appropriation is very problematic, right? And a lot of, yeah. there's a lot of people who feel like, you know, like information wants to be free and yabbada yabbada. And I'm just like, I, I don't really think that's true or certainly yeah. not, not in the ways that anybody means it. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, I mean, it's one of those things there, there are ways in which the spirits of these traditions can speak to people and call them or mark them um, or invite them in. Right. Yeah. And I think that that's the, that's the part that's important, right? It's not, um, it, it, it needs to be about what the spirits want, not what about, you know, you or I want, right? Right. That's, that's the part where I'm just like, ah, you know, I have to wait and see, I guess. It's not something that I can like force or whatever. So it just, it's interesting to me. I'm always interested in hearing people's stories, how they um, begin practicing in traditions that might not have been anything that they've been born in, but definitely have felt, you know, and have done, obviously you've done your work around it. I'm not mm-hmm. in any way saying that just, just, it's always fascinating to yeah. me and, and yeah, and tapping in, that's another thing. It's like, I feel like you, I feel like when, um, you invited me to teach this class with you, there was so much more happening too. I was like, oh, this is somebody, this is somebody I'm going to learn from as much as I'm going to share my gifts and talents with your, your people. And in this class, like you're definitely somebody that's, you know, I want to learn from too. Mm-hmm. So too letting you know that. <laughs> cool. Well, and maybe let's say it explicitly because we've, we've, uh, talked around it a couple of times, but haven't actually come out and say it. Um, Mary Beth is going to be, uh, one of the five teachers who's teaching the tarot and magic, um, course that's starting up in late September, 2015, um, live, if you want to be a part of it live and will be available, you know, indefinitely afterwards as sort of, uh, you know, streaming video content and stuff like that. So, you know, it's a, there's this course that we're putting together. So, yeah. yeah. I'm really excited about it too. And it's mm-hmm. really going to be, it's going to be fun. Yeah. But see, I, I think that you, it sounds from our other conversations, like you've been creating your lineage and your ceremony, right? Haven't you been I conducting have. ceremonies for, for people and, you know, working with, I had the impression sort of predominantly women around, Stuff that that might be called women's mysteries, you know, and those <laughs> kinds of things. See, that's the thing. I don't, it's like, I don't, I don't name it. I don't title it. It's very, it's just, it's, I don't know. I'm fascinating that way where I, I, I just like break through the, the, um, the container or the words or the, the, the naming of anything. But I just did this. Um, I just, I would love to share it. I did this incredible two week journey with, um, I opened up the class to 25 it kind of felt like that was about all I could handle with it but um we did it all around the tower card Mm -hmm. and so it was a two-week journey around the tower card and it ended up being this you know burning and burial ceremony and it was profound and beautiful and intense too wow Mm -hmm. what a was really really intense and so yeah and it was all ceremonial it was all ritual and it was all around you know actually writing and actually using fire so um I do. I do. It's just, I get a little jealous when people have names for their things. I, don't have <laughs> I totally get that. You know, <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Camellia Elias has a, a bunch of places where she's written, uh, you know, about isn't Tarot Reader good enough as a title? What's with all these fancy titles, right? And, uh, you know, in her usual sort of straight to the point style, right? Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I, you know, when I started working as a reader, you know, and, and mostly I just referred to it as a reader, right? Like that was, mm-hmm. I'm, what are you, I'm a reader, you know, if I need to add tarot to clarify, then I will. But, um, but you know, it was, it was a long time of like, oh, maybe I should do this and, you know, and, and, and then I just like, you know, I, I spent time in sort of, uh, uh, sort of Masonic type orders and stuff like that and accrued all these like elaborate and sort of ancient sounding titles and things like that. Right. And, yeah. and I started like looking at what I was saying and started looking at other people, what other people were saying. And I was like, you know, this, this just feels like another another round of those things, which I just can't ever bring myself to like call myself by, you know, yeah. like it's, you know, it's like, yeah. Supreme grand, you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ruler I, of the mysteries of the East. I'm just like, eh, you know, I don't know, like stuff like that. And it's just, it, it's dandy and, and hilarious, but, uh, yeah, it's, but it's also peculiar. And... Well, we, we live in a world that like respects titles. That's the thing, you know? So it's very much when we break, when we kind of break through that and like, you know what? I'm a reader. What mm-hmm. does that mean? I don't know. You know, I use, you know, it's like, that can be good enough or, uh, yeah, I think it can be good enough, but we're just starting to like push into that paradigm where we don't really have to, um, have all that elaborate systems of, you know, order. And and I know that they're important as far as when people are really learning ways, I think it's important. There is like a sense of education and, and schooling that needs to take place. However that looks, I mean, Mm -hmm. it might be with a group of people. It might be all by yourself. It, It doesn't, it's, I don't think that there can be a definition. The spirit world does not work that way. You know? yeah. Like it doesn't work that way. Well, and then that's where like, you know, a, a lot of my definitions of things sort of end up in this place where, where, where they don't get nailed down. Right. You know, like people, yeah. people ask me what I do and I'm like, well, I show up and I bring the whole of myself and you show up and you bring the whole of yourself and we'll put some, put some cards on the table and something will happen and it will be good. You know, like, that's it. That's, that's the definition of what I do, you know? Yeah. 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 I've been mentoring some people and in reading as of lately, and it's been really fun. You know, just people are like, I just want to feel confident that reading is my thing, you know? And most of the time people are being called to, it really is their thing. And they wouldn't be called to it if it wasn't something that is important in their lives to do. And and giving the perm- so like I just really give them the permission, you know. It's just like you absolutely; these are your cards. These are for you. And if the cards are what is the is like that thing in between, right? It's just like something that's just like in between you and like all this akashic information, where it's like it's not really about reading the card; it's really about reading. And the symbolism of the cards are just triggering things in you to like open up. And if you come totally holy, and you come like owning it too we gotta like kind of own it i think that's really hard for people i noticed just with this whole new kind of realm i'm doing with mentoring people Mm. i'm like oh own it like own it because you wouldn't be here if you weren't meant to be here yeah and it's beautiful to be able to you know do that kind of give that kind of permission to people to like tap into that we're all you know we're all psychic beings really yeah it's it's funny because it, I think being good at reading for people involves um, 
being respectful of the consequences of your work, but being unafraid of them. <laughs> yeah. You know? Because yeah. If, if we're like, uh, you know, like, you know, like people show up and, and people ask me whatever and I'll be like, oh, no pressure, eh? You know, be like, well, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm debating whether I like should, you know, do whatever, sell my, sell my house and move to, you know, yeah. Tanzania, God yeah. knows, right? <laughs> yeah. And I'm just like, oh, so no pressure to like, to get this right, eh? You know? I, but then I'll still tell them what I think, you know? And we'll still look at the cards and, you know, and, and people show up, you know, around whatever. And I'm just like, you know, all right, you know, fair enough. Well, we, we can do this, you know? And, you know, it's one of those things. I, I trust in their wisdom mm-hmm. to listen to it. And mm-hmm. especially the, the bigger the question, the more likely the person already knows exactly what the answer is. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's almost no, no time where I'm like, you know, whatever, you know, like I, I have a client who's like, I have a number of clients who have like sort of crazy, serious, probably terminal health issues, you know? Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's one who was like, they came in there, they, they're like, I want to know that if this is it. And I was like, Okay. You know, and so we talked about it and we did some reading and stuff like that. And the answer was, yeah, you know, you've got some time, but, but this is a, you know, you're not going to, you're not going to bounce back from this place, you know? And, um, wow. And they're like, good. That's what I thought. Nobody, nobody believes me, but I know that that is true. And I'm like, all right. And then we get to have a big conversation about that. Right. Yeah. But, you know, we could have, we could have sort of segue it around and be like well why do you want to know what are you going to get out of it whatever but sometimes that like just straight up trust trusting that the spirits and that their wisdom to ask the question that they need the answer to is going to lead it where it needs to go is just so helpful you know so helpful and to just really know that your words in some way are just mirroring what their unconscious is already trying to tell them and so it's like when you when you speak it's like they're like, oh yeah, because it's just awakening that knowledge and that inner wisdom in them anyway, which mm-hmm. is so beautiful. It's like it's such a gift. Like I really am so grateful for it. And I fought it for a little while too with reading for people because I was just always just playing and reading, you know, for friends and family or people around me. But like when it somehow it when it somehow broke into the public sphere, which happened kind of magically. I uh-huh. don't really know how it happened. And I started getting clients and I was like, I don't want to just <laughs> this is not what I want to be doing. No, 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 no. And then when, you know, and I still get, I I mean, after I've been reading, I've been reading for people, the clients out, out there professionally and for about four, five years, four Uh or five years. Um, and I still get like beforehand, like, (laughs) I don't know that that ever fully goes away. I still get, I still get a little bit of like, you know, I, some sometimes the way a person is will will hit a button that I that I haven't fully cleaned up yet, and I, you know I'll just be like, Ugh, you know, or like eh, I sure hope I get this right, or you know whatever. So. Do you ever get people that you don't want to read for that you're like, I know I I don't want to at all, and do you ever turn anybody away because you're just like this isn't a good match or this isn't meant to be? Do you ever have that um, happen? To some extent. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, I, I'm really lucky, you know. Um, mm-hmm. 
the the combination of my spirits and creating the space that I've created in the world and the way in which I present my stuff and myself, Uh um, you know, kind of deter a lot of things, you know, Uh Uh um, you know, they, they sort of clarify, um, you know, I've, I've certainly turned people away, you know, I, if a person's going to be an ass, I'm not going (laughs) to read for them. Uh If they're not going to, if they're going to treat me like the help, then I'm not going to read for them. You know, I've had people sort of pull that. Um, and, you know, and if they're going to be like the the thing that I'm most like uh, about is if people are creepy and stalkery, then mm-hmm. I'm just like, you know what? I am not going to investigate your exes who you broke up with five years ago in life. You know, I, I, I don't have like a, a thing against reading about third parties in a kind of general way in the way that many people do. I'm like, uh-huh. there are lots of. Lots of ways in which sort of, you know, what do I need to know about my relationship to my mom, you know, yeah, or whatever yeah. that inevitably involve looking at that person to some extent. But, yeah, but, you know, if the person's just like, you know, being a weirdo about it, then I'm just like, no, <laughs> yeah. you know, and, you know, that, that, and I'm very, very cautious around people that I, uh, I perceive to have certain kinds of mental illnesses and stuff like that, because, mm-hmm. you know, that's a. Uh, that's an area where, where there's a lot that can go wrong and, and not a lot that can go right, depending mm-hmm. on the person's mental state and why they're there and stuff like that. So, Do you read in person mostly? People come to your store? Um, yeah, mostly. Yeah. Probably 80% in person. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. I, do, I do Skype and I do, you know, mm-hmm. phone, but mostly, yeah. Most often people come in person. The thing mm-hmm. for me is, is that people can walk off the street and access, access me, right? So yeah. I have less of a filter yeah. on people than, than maybe other people do. Yeah. But most of the people who walk in randomly, even if they're kind of their initial sort of approach or, or request kind of strikes me as a bit odd, um, they've been referred to some to me by somebody I've already read for. Mm-hmm. You know, they're like, oh, yeah, I talked to this person. They said that you, you'd fix my problem. And I was like. All right, then. <laughs> Will so you fix can... my problems, please? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a it's a part of what I do, right? Like it's it's a it's a it's not the it's not the whole of what I do by any means, but there's definitely a chunk of my my work with people that people come with that idea. Wow. And then and then we work to to achieve it through some wow. means, you know, practically, spiritually, psychologically, you know, whatever, right? Like all of those pieces interwoven, uh-huh. right? And yeah. some people are, it, it's funny because some people are, um, you know, complicit in the, the magic, you know, I'm like, uh-huh. I'd like you to do this ceremony. I think it'd be beneficial to you. And they're like, okay, I'll totally do that. Right. Um, and some people are complicit in the psychology where I'm like, well, let's talk about your issue and, and you know, and, and then some people are just like, you know, the 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 magic or the psychology or some other piece happens through subterfuge and you know like i'm like well let's uh, let's let's frame this psychological issue in magical language so that we can talk about it with a person who won't talk about psychology you know yeah like it's (laughs) it's really interesting how you know the 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 focal point needs to be in, in different places for different people yeah so yeah that's mm-hmm. fascinating. Yeah, I think it's fascinating who ends up coming to you and what the reasons are. And 
I try not to do too much of the fixing promise and I try to really kind of have the whole um, in my style, just that like, we don't need to be fixed, you know, mm. but at the same time there, the ceremony is like this deep, deep work around it where it's like, it's changing and, and shifting the whole, you know, all of the layers when we are able to do the ceremony. And I think that that's the, I think that's the most beautiful part of this work is being able to offer that to people. And I think it's really cool that you, that you, that you, you know, suggest it for people as part of the whole process of healing. And, um, yeah, I I get resistance with people because it's, it, people are lazy too. No, (laughs) (laughs) I'm lazy too, but like, you know, it's like, wow, like you just, I try to keep it really simple, like the most simple thing. Like you don't need a lot of pomp and circumstance. You don't even need a lot of things. You don't need a lot of things. You could just literally go out into your yard. Just get a little fire. Like, just get a little lighter. Just get, you know, just so super simple. And people are like, oh, the time and the space. And I have no privacy. And it's just like, wow. Yeah. We have been raised in a culture of lacking ceremony and ritual. And, like, that I think is one of my biggest, like, passions is to, like, bring that back. Even in just every single day. Every Mm -hmm. single normal like normalcy of you know making your coffee in the morning to you know tucking your kids in a bed at night is that we've got these traditions and and the the whole like the whole ceremonial part of a friend of mine who's she just was taught we always have conversation around around italy unless she's married an italian guy and Mm -hmm. She's lived in Spain with him. She lives in Australia with him. And uh, they just are taking a, they're doing an art, a book project, an art project. And it took him back to Italy. And she just went to Sicily, I think for the first time, maybe. And she was like, I get you now. She's Australian. So she never understood my like real fascination with being Italian. Yeah. She's just like fascism you know like she's like yeah. oh my god they're so conservative they're so catholic and so she's in this scene she's like oh my god i just went to the ceremony that was like ceremony of um mary of the forest and like all these mothers offered up their little na- naked breastfeeding baby to the statue of mary in the forest like it was a lot of the work that i feel super passionate about doing um, and I don't even know if it's work or just holding the vision or, you know, doing it myself is, is, but it's just like finding that bloodline or that, um, thread of their culture and like, what, what did their people used to do? What was it that brought them empowerment and healing and connection to nature or to the spirit world? And just like, and not even saying that they have to align with that and do that. But I think it's like really powerful for me to hear my friend Haley be in the, like, you know, an hour away from where my grandmother was born. Um, and knowing that this ceremony has been going on for hundreds of and hundreds of years and knowing mm-hmm. that the possibility that my mother and mine had brought their babies into the forest and offered them to Mary of the forest and breastfeeding support and love and protection around these babies and that milk supply was abundant. And, you know, I don't even know the details of the ceremony, but I could, I could retell that myth in my head, right? Like Mm -hmm. I could say what I think it is and it doesn't even matter if it's really what it is or not. It's like that in that moment of just knowing that and hearing that and being able to retell it, like offers me this abundance of energy and, um, power, 
I feel powerful. I feel more empowered. And so in this culture where we're like, we're basically ceremonially list mm-hmm. and ritual list, and we just like rush into our days and we've gotten our, you know, religious experience to be an hour on a Sunday <laughs> for people who, you know what I mean? For, for the majority of our Christian society. And like, where is the rest of our ceremonies? We've like lost them. And, um, and I, I mean, I think they're coming back. I mean, I know in my bubble of a world, the women and men in my world do do ceremony and ritual, but I think I live in a small population. I think I live, my yeah. bubble is pretty small compared to the rest of the rest of the world. And I think a lot of, um, one of my teachers had told me the other day, you know, and I thought this really fascinating because I wasn't looking for this information at all. And he just kind of gave me an email and he was like, you know, Mary Beth, you're, you're, you're going, it's going to be really easy for you to kind of spread this message to a, a population of people that are, a little hesitant or afraid of the more magical languages mm-hmm. and that whole thing, because you're going to figure out a way to put it where it makes it completely normal <laughs> and like completely accessible, I guess. And I think that that's what like the whole meaning of my life is to like create accessibility yeah. to well, everybody around, you know, around ceremony and ritual and magic and being like, we are magic. How mm-hmm. did like how is this not how are we not magic really exactly. look around you're crazy if you think we're not <laughs> yeah well you know and i think like to kind of bring back a point into this part of the conversation that, that we mentioned earlier you know when people 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 have problems and those problems need fixing you know like yeah. i don't i don't fix yeah. individuals you know i don't fix I people know, yeah. people are people don't require fixing in that way, yeah. you know, maybe they, yeah. maybe they require adjustments and, and realigning, um, but they don't yeah. require fixing. And yeah. these ceremonies, uh, you know, like the one you're describing and, you know, like, like many other things, like all the stuff that we're doing with people, another way to put it, if we don't want to, you know, sort of, if we wanted to change the language of it a bit is that I think that what we both do is empower people to, adjust and overcome the obstacles in their life or manage uh-huh. them where they are unable to be overcome. Right. Because not everything can be uh-huh. changed. Right. You know? And right, so, right. so I think that that right, or learning how to cope with what can't be changed. Yeah. And there's a lot of learning how to live with it. A lot of uh-huh. spiritual stuff that is super powerful for helping people, um, manage stuff. Right. You know, and, uh-huh. and deal yeah. with things that, uh, require dealing with, Mhm. Mhm. And I do. I love. I love ritual and ceremony for mm-hmm. it all. I think it's. I think it's one of the most beautiful things that that we able as humans that we're able to do. Yeah. I think it's really important too, and um, in our spiritual evolution as a species to really start really allowing that veil between us and the other world to send for the guy we need because it's. It's getting more and more intense out there. There's there's more and more. I look at my children and I'm like, wow, there's a lot more to deal with than I did. Right. <laughs> you know, so to be able to instill that for them. And yeah, I mean, gosh, my kids don't even really understand like that ritual and ceremony is a thing because they've just been brought up with like it in this everyday sort of sort of life. And that is one of the things that I will really, you know, I will give great thanks to being born you know, Catholic, 
Mm. I really will because I don't I don't know, you know, it's how I found it. It's just how I found it. Yeah. So awesome. I'm grateful well, for that. Yeah. I think that's a great place for us to leave this today. Yeah. Um, we didn't yeah. even get to half of the things that we had talked about talking about. So uh <laughs> we're gonna have to like schedule another time, maybe later in the year. And okay. um yeah. So um for people who are wanting to connect with you Where's, where are the best places the, or the best place f- to find you online? Oh, they can just go to my website. It's um, marybestbonfiglio.com. Beautiful. So pretty simple. And then everything is there. Like all, you know, all, all my information is there. And I've got, um, I've got one newsletter I put out, which is totally gift-oriented um, giving of my sort of uh, writing that's just comes through on the full moon and then I have another newsletter that talks all about the grandmother project that I was telling you about that's all about blood and bloodline blood sort of um, retrieval I guess would be a good word fantastic you, so. awesome yeah. alright well thank you for being on the show thank you so much it was a pleasure and it was awesome talking to you mm-hmm. you too so thanks for listening to Another wonderful episode of the podcast. I totally had fun recording this, as always. Drop me a line. Let me know what you think. And if you are interested in the uh, Tarot and Magic course uh, coming up to the end of September 2015, it will be live and you could participate. Uh, Just go to the hermitslamp.com and go to the events page. And uh, after the course has been run, it will also be available as video uh, and audio for anybody who would like to take the whole series, um, but finds this uh, down the road sometime. So yeah, and if there's anybody or anything you'd like to hear me talk about on this podcast, drop me a line. It gets lonely out here. There's lots and lots of people listening, but nobody ever hits reply and and engages in a conversation. So you know, think about it. I'd love to hear from you. Bye bye.